to the KC City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Right of Hebrews, we read from Philippians. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to, th- 1 to 3. And I feel that, that in, this, uh, in, 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 this en- in this environment, particularly during this, uh, this period of time, I think what is really vital is for us to begin to see what the word of the Lord has in store for us. God, God, God gives us wisdom. There is so much wisdom in the word of the Lord. And how do we, how do we respond to the, to the word of God? Hallelujah. Now, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross because of the joy he he knew would be his afterward. Now he is seated in the place of highest honor beside God's throne in heaven. And in verse 3 it says this, Think about all he endured when sinful people did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and give up. You know, life has its way of dishing out melons to us or lemons to us. I shouldn't say melons, but lemons to us. And when that happens, how do we begin to respond? And here it says, think about all he endured when sinful men did such terrible things to him so that you don't become weary and give up. And a couple of verses prior to that, I think in verse 2, gives us a clue here. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus on whom our faith depends from the start to the finish. So when you get off the starting block, what are you starting off with? The knowledge of knowing that your faith, when you start with this faith in Christ, you will finish and you can finish with your faith in Christ. That's the vital aspect. But between the start and the finish, there is this in-between bit that sometimes and often we struggle with. And in, in this particular season, in this environment where it is so difficult to try and begin to assume what is going on. Folks, uh, there are particular technical aspects that are unfortunately happening, but we've, we're off the starting block. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're off the starting block. We're, we're heading. We're on this race. And you know what? Sometimes it's like a steeple, like, like a steeple chase, right? Or a triathlon. So we might be going through a little bit of a difficulty right now. Maybe we've just jumped into the river and trying to swim right now. But we're going to come there. We're going to come to a place where everything's going to be really clear for you. So if we hit any hitch, any hurdles, just stay with me. Hallelujah. Stay with me. We've, we've, ta- we've, we've uh, got off the starting block and now we're heading into the finishing, into the finish line. And as I was saying earlier, think about all he endured when sinful people did, did such terrible things to him. So that, the reason is this, so that you don't, we don't, I don't, we all don't become weary and give up. So Jesus did all of this for a particular reason, for you. Now say that with me, for me, he did this for me, 
for me? Can you receive that? Do you know, you, you know how difficult it is to accept and receive help? Right? It's so easy for us to help others. But when it comes time for us to actually require help, it's so difficult. And yet Jesus came. And he did all of that for, for us. You know, last week, I, uh, in, in the parable of the Pharisee and the publican, I shared a particular aspect on prayer. Right? On this personal prayer. And I, and I quoted uh, Timothy Keller uh, on prayer, making the statement which I thought was absolutely profound. And he said this, We know God will answer us when we call, because one terrible day, he did not answer Jesus when he called. And you know what day that was? When Jesus was on the cross. And why? He did not answer Jesus when he called. Jesus' prayers were given the rejection that we sinners merit, that we deserve, in other words. So Jesus was given that rejection that we deserve and we merit so that, and hear this, so that our prayers could have the reception that he merits. Imagine the reception that Jesus now merits. We now will receive that largely because Jesus, Jesus' prayer was rejected. So, so see how amazing and how awesome this good news is for you and I. At this point in time where it may think and feel like as if maybe I'm forgotten. Maybe God doesn't care for me. I've lost my job. My marriage is in shambles. There's abuse at home. Everyone's at home and we, are, we don't have any space. There's, 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 hardly any, there's hardly any room for us. You know, all of that just creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. But I want to say this, folks. The good news is this, that it may sound like a, uh, you know, like, like just a statement that you keep hearing every now and then. But it is true, though. Jesus is truly the answer and he really has the answer. But it depends on us. And I, I want to share something about the context of perseverance because through all of this, it is, it's, it's perseverance that is, is vital, isn't it? You know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Disney fan. So, you know, I, I love what Disney's put out. I love Walt Disney and all of that. And as a young man, Walt Disney was, was fired from a local newspaper as his boss thought he lacked creativity. Imagine that. After a failed animation company went under, he was barely able to pay his bills, even ate dog food to survive. With his last few dollars, Walt Disney made his way to Hollywood to try and make it big. Unfortunately, his early time in Hollywood was just as bad. He was told Mickey Mouse would fail. Faced constant rejection and seemed destined to never succeed. But Walt persisted and went on to grow the company with amusement parks, feature films, and is, and is known as a cultural icon. Ironically, years later, Walt Disney acquired the Kansas City Star newspaper. The one who said he lacked creativity all those years. Imagine that. And what about Colonel Saunders, KFC? I, I, I'm, uh, I wonder how many of you really love KFC and whether KFC is going to be your lunch today. Now, let me read something about Colonel Saunders. The last of these 
uh, uh, I shouldn't say the last of this. He's the founder of uh, KFC, Colonel, Colonel Saunders. He didn't start KFC until he was 60 years old. After receiving his first social security check, man, I'm turning 60 this year. I wonder what franchise should I actually begin to consider and start? But look at this year, at 60, after receiving his first social security check. That's when most people were taught to hang it up, cross off the bucket list, and fall asleep watching TV every day. He worked from age 60 to 73 to master his technique and grow his business. This often came at the expense of sleeping in his car. It was hard work, but he loved doing it. And people loved the food. When he sold the company, he earned $2 million and lived out the rest of his life in comfort, not needing to depend on his social security check, not needing to depend on JobKeeper, JobSeeker, Sentinel, whatsoever. I mean, he, he, he went for it during a difficult time. It's never too late when you're 30, 45, 60 years old. Never give up on your dreams. Now, ne never give up on your dreams. Never give up on your dreams. And, and you know what? Friends, I want to I, I encourage you today in the context of Hebrews chapter 12, Philippians chapter 3, where it says, the one thing I do, I forget. There is, there is something that is important for you and I to do in this season, right? We've been given the six weeks, and within six weeks, there are some things we need to forget. There are some aspects of forgiveness that we may need to render to someone. There is pain that if we are caring, we need to come to a place of healing. If we are going through mental, mental health issues like depression, anxiety, and several other aspects that are related to that, we know that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, these, these months and seasons, they are both trying and transformative, right? Our own humanity, really, is being weighed and tested. And why do I say this? Well, it's largely because we are really in control of how we react. What we do. And with, with what we've been told and feel, that as it's dished out, it's, it's like, a, like a dish served cold. And when a dish is served cold, what, can you, what, what are you going to do? Well, you can either microwave it, you could heat it up, or you could ask someone to please help. With that, amen? Right? But there is something that you can do. Now, there are a lot of things that are going to be heightened more and more during this, during this season. And, and we've got to come to terms with that. Many things are going to be heightened. Right? Our lack for certain things are going to be heightened. Now, if we are given to impatience, it will start to burst right out. Because these are testing and trying times, friends. So these things are going to come out. It's like we're being squeezed, you see. If you're given to pride, it will surface. If you struggle with fear, it will prioritize your life, friends. But if, if, you, are, and if you are someone that slumps into depression, then you will go through that again and again. Right? The things that are embedded deep in your nature is not going to just be cancelled out. It will remain and continue to emerge unless you give the Spirit of God permission to outwork His victory that He had obtained for you in your life. 
the word of Jesus said that I have to go so the Spirit can come, so the Holy Spirit can come, the paraclete, right? So who is your trainer? Who is training you right now? The news? Your friends? Your own emotions? Who is training you? But the word of the Lord can become the most and should become the most important thing during this time, even if it means you focus on the six weeks and say, Lord, I've got these six weeks to really dig deep, to really begin to reassess, reprioritize my life. And I want to do it this way. Right? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, right? So, so you and I know, we, we, I'm sure we'll agree, difficulties and trials will come. And that's what we're faced with. But here, it starts off by saying, the sin which so easily ensnares us. But it, it you know, the, the, the wonderful thing at the start of this chapter, it says, therefore. So it goes through the, the hall of faith, right? It talks about aspects of, uh, of discipline as well. Now, this book, mind you, which I should have probably mentioned earlier, this book is written to, a, to the persecuted Jews, the Jews who were suffering at that point in time. So to a people who were suffering, people who are pro potentially going through what we're going through, maybe even far worse than that, right? And here, this is where the, the writer of Hebrew is saying, now come on, you are surrounded. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And this is how we fight our battle, right? So since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, they are our cheerleaders. You know, when my mom passed away, I thought, man, she's going to be up there and she's going to be, she's going to be waving that, you know, those, those pom-poms or whatever and just cheering me on, cheering me on, cheering you on. Several people that you know are cheering you and you and I, you and I on, right? And as we begin to see, because they have attested, they have witnessed. But it says this here, the sin that so easily ensnares us. It's so easy to just be ensnared through our frustration, through things that come from deep within. Because we don't know that they're there. And it's times like this that push this out. So what's coming forth? So what's your mind, your body, and your spirit like? How is it looking in isolation? The sin so easily ensnares us. The word easily ensnares, translated in, translated in, the, in the Greek is this. It's euperistaton, euperistaton, which means this. It can be translated in four ways. One is easily avoided, admired, ensnaring, or dangerous. So these are the four ways that it can be translated. This word that says easily ensnares can mean easily avoided, admired, ensnaring, or dangerous. So let us lay them all aside now. Let us lay what aside? Some sins can be easily avoided, but they're not. Some sins 
are admired, yet must be laid aside. Some sins are ensnaring and therefore especially harmful. And friends, some sins are sheer dangerous than others are. And that's why when the word of the Lord says, run, flee, flee from what? You know, flee from what? So some sins are dangerous and some sins are costly. You ignore particular aspects right now during the curfew, you get fined. And you know what the fines are? So some are extremely, extremely costly. We are never given reason to blame our sin on demons, friends. We can't blame our sin on the devil. That is, that is too simplistic an aspect to consider. Yes, he is there to bring temptation, but we can't blame him for it because the appeal is simply for us in the power of the Holy Spirit to lay aside every weight, the sin which so easily ensnares us. You know, uh, I, I remember, I, I think when I was, when I was 19, I, with, a couple of, with a couple of friends, we decided to hike this mountain, Gunong Ledang, in, in Malaysia. And it was, I think, about seven odd thousand feet or something along those lines. And we had this backpack with canned food, this, that, and all of that. It was such a heavy, huge backpack that we were carrying, four of us. And as we went up, goodness me, I just wanted to give up because I, I didn't think that I could climb all the way up, right? And then, lo and behold, I see an older lady actually walking down. And I thought, oh my goodness me. And I, and I actually just wanted to check whether she actually went all the way up. And yes, she did. And I thought to myself, here's a 19-year-old, a, a you know, making a lot of excuses about going up. <laughs> so watching her come down, she was like one of those witnesses. She's gone there, now she's come down. And that just began to stir something inside of me to say, come on, I think I can do it. But you know what we did? The four of us, we decided to unpack our our backpack and we decided to lay it all down we decided to remove some of this weight because it was start, starting to ensnare us it was starting to slow us down it was starting to weigh us down so we began to remove that and as we and as we went up we were we were able to do, we were able to actually do this we were able to and and then second secondly it says let us run with endurance what is what is needed is endurance, friend. To finish what we have begun in Jesus Christ, a race that is set before us. And here it says here, He stands with us. He, he stands with us at the starting point and earnestly says to us, this is what Charles Spurgeon says, He stands with us at the starting point and earnestly says to us, not run, but let us run says let us run so in other words he stands beside us and he says come on let us run I will run with you I will run with you God has set before you and each of us a race so this is a race that he said it's not just it's not just the race I come up with it's a race that God has set for you and I so you must run that race that that he has set for you so it it, it requires involvement and commitment in running that race. Being passive never runs or wins a race. God wants us to run the race and finish it right. 
So endurance is what is needed in this day and age. Over the six weeks, friends, I want to encourage you and say that endurance, endure. Come on. What is endurance? There are three Ps in this word endurance. Persistence, perseverance, and patience. Listen to that. Remember, remember these three things, right? Persistent, be persistent, persevere, and be patient, right? In, in enduring. And the Greek word for this endurance is hupamone, right? H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E, if you need the spelling for that. Which does not mean the patience which sits down and, ex- and, and accepts things, but the patience which masters them. Amen. It's the patience that masters them. It's a determination, an unhurrying and yet underlying, which goes steadily on and refuses to be deflected. So the focus is dead centered. I'm not going to be deflected by this. I'm just going to press on. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on. Right? And the third aspect here is the race that is set before us. Again, the original word, the Greek uses the word agona. It's a, it's a word that is used for conflict or struggle of many kinds. Right? And it's one of Paul's favorite words. He uses it in Philippians chapter 1, verse 30. Right? I'll give you these addresses so that you could uh, probably look at them. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 and 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 you could see this word race that is trained or rather the word agona translated as race which means it is it, it is used in the form of conflict or struggle so whatever that you're going through let us run the con- let us run with this you know with the conflict or the struggle of many kinds that you have, right? Let us run this race. Let us run this various forms of struggle with endurance, though. Let us endure, right? Let us begin to endure. And, and I believe, finally here, he says, he says this, that it is by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Focus. That's why I started today with... Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Right? Turn your eyes. Focus. Right? Not looking to the left nor to the right. If you ask any athlete, right, if they don't keep their eyes on the finishing line and look to the left or to the right, they may possibly lose the race, right? Watch Chariots of Fire and you will see that displayed in that movie. When you focus on him, you then also pay attention to what he says and you're able to hear him a whole lot more clearly, right? We are to use Jesus as our focal point, friends. While we run this race, we have been given by God. God's given us this race. You see, he ran his race and he ran it well. He finished the course that was laid out for him. And now he stands at the, as, as the supreme champion of that race of life. He stands as the supreme champion. You know, I want to I read something here 
Persevering to the finishing line, to the finish line. Runner's World told the story of Bethan Dicianti's attempt to qualify for the 1992 Olympic Trials Marathon. A female runner must complete 26 miles, which is 57 kilometers. To give you some perspective, it's 57,000 meters, which equals 142 times around a 400-meter track. That's what it is. 385-yard race, this must complete this 26-mile, this 365-yard race is in, in less than 2 hours and 45 minutes to compete for the Olympic trials. Now, she started off strong but began having trouble around mile 32. She began, she reached the final straightaway at two, um, 2 hours and 43 minutes with just 2 minutes left to qualify. 200 yards... From the finish, she stumbled and fell. Dazed, she stayed down for 20 seconds. The crowd yelled, Get up! Get up! Get up! The clock was ticking. Two hours, 44. Less than a minute to go. Beth Ann staggers up. Right? She staggered to her feet and began walking. Five yards short of the finish line. With 10 seconds to go, she fell again. She began to crawl. The crowd cheering her on and crossed that finish line on her hands and knees. Her time, two hours, 44 minutes, 57 seconds. With three seconds left, she qualified for her marathon trial. You know, the sin that so easily entangles us, friends, is the sin of unbelief. It's an unbelief in yourself. It's an unbelief in what God can and will do for you. Maybe you may, you may not believe in this government or you may not believe in several other organizations, but you can believe in the Lord God of hosts. You can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who came, paid the price, went, sent the paraclete to come alongside you and I. So we may finish our race. We may finish our race. And let me end with this from the message version. The message version puts it this way. Do you see what this all means of Hebrews chapter 12? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fats. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we are in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over. Go over that story again. Item by item. That long litany of hostility that he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls, friends. 
you know, knowing that we too are following in the footsteps of such a great cloud of witnesses. Friends, can I encourage you to endeavor to lay aside every weight? What are some of these, these weights that's hindering you? It hinders our, our personal Christian life so that we don't, f- we don't fall into the sin of unbelief. That's, that's crucial, the sin of unbelief. That's, that's what takes you into fear. That's what takes you into depression. That's what takes you into anxiety. When there is unbelief, but when there is hope, gosh, it changes everything. It makes a world of a difference, you know. We serve an amazing father who allowed his son to come, who allowed his son to come and, and dwell amongst us, who took upon his weight and his sin, and, sorry, our weight and our sin, took upon himself so that you can be free. Now, again, we apologize for some of the technical hiccups that we've had today. But friends, I hope the message registers. I hope you realize that you and I can make this decision and that as we focus on him, I want you to know how good a father he is. He's a good, good father. Just pour your heart out to him and begin to allow his spirit to refire you to revive you, to remind you, and to reassure you today. Hallelujah. God bless you.